welcome to episode 63 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes the object so interesting to astronomers. So let's now run the random number generator. The random number generator has blown out the vacuum tube, but it still returned the coordinates of 3 hours, 26 minutes, 35.4 seconds right ascension, and plus 28 degrees, 42 minutes, 54 seconds declination. These coordinates point to a star system in the constellation Aries called UX Arietis, which I'm going to call UX Ari for short. This is a triple star system at a distance of 164.9 light years or 50.56 parsecs from Earth. In the center of the system are a red subgiant star and a yellowish sun-like star. While the sun-like star is still fusing hydrogen into helium in its core, the red subgiant's core filled up with helium a little while ago, which has triggered the evolution of the star from a sun-like star into a red giant. These two central stars are separated by a distance of about 0.09 astronomical units, or AU. 1 AU is the distance from the Sun to the Earth, while the distance from the Sun to Mercury is 0.39 AU. So the two stars at the center of UX Ari are actually quite close to each other. The two stars complete an orbit around each other about once every 6.44 days, which is quite rapid. As for the third star, it seems to be something a bit smaller than the Sun, possibly a red dwarf and it orbits the central two stars once every 111 years or so, according to the last measurements that I could find. Its presence has only been inferred by how it affects the motion of the other two stars in the system. It's not really important unless you need to precisely calculate the velocities of everything else in the system, so I'm not going to mention it again. Anyway, the red subgiant and the sun-like star at the center of UX Ari both comprise a type of variable star system called an Aris Canum Venaticorum variable star, or RSCVN star for short because pronouncing Canum Venaticorum is a little tricky. This classification is used because UX Ari varies in brightness in the same way and for the same reasons as RSCVN, but since RSCVN was the first star system discovered to vary in brightness in this specific way, all other star systems that vary in this way are called RSCVN star systems. Now, I don't understand why variable star observers like green classifications for variable stars named after one of the stars with that type of variability. It would be like, for example, if every president of the United States was called a George Washington because George Washington was the first president of the United States. Or if every astronaut was called Yuri Gagarin because Yuri Gagarin was the first astronaut in space. On the other hand, many of the Roman emperors were called Caesars after Julius Caesar. And the United States Navy likes to name classes of ships after other ships. Which means that you have things like the Independence-class literal combat ship USS Independence. So it's not just astronomers who name categories of things after things in those categories. I suppose if astronomers who study variable stars want to say that UX Ari is an RSCVN-type variable star system, 
we're all supposed to understand that. Anyway, all of these RCVN-type variable star systems, including UX Ari, have a sun-like star and either a red subgiant or a red giant star that are very close together. These stars do not necessarily eclipse each other as seen from Earth, which means that they do not vary in brightness because one star passes behind the other. Instead, UX Ari and other star systems like it vary in brightness because the two stars have really complex and strong magnetic fields. And because the stars are so close together, these magnetic fields end up interacting with each other and producing all sorts of effects that cause the binary star system to vary in brightness. First of all, any star's magnetic field will create star spots, which are relatively cool patches on the star's surface and are analogous to the sunspots on our sun. However, a star with really strong and complex magnetic fields, like the red subgiant in UX Ari, is going to be covered in lots and lots of star spots. In fact, more than three-fifths of the surface of UX Ari's red subgiant star is covered in star spots. As a result, the star has kind of a mottled appearance. This means that as the star rotates, we could end up seeing fewer or more star spots on the side facing Earth, which will make it look like it's firing in brightness. These star spots also change slowly over time, so the brightness of the star and the exact way in which it varies in brightness will also change. However, this is not the only effect of those weird and wild magnetic fields. Strong magnetic fields on any star are associated with stellar flares. Flares are explosions on the surface of a star that produce large amounts of emission across the electromagnetic spectrum. In the case of UX Ari, those magnetic fields have produced multiple flares on the surface of the red subgiant that have been detected in X-rays, ultraviolet light, visible light, and radio waves. In fact, what makes UX Ari special is that it tends to produce a relatively high number of flares compared to any other RSCVN star. Also, some of these flares, at least in radio waves, are associated with loops of gas that extend very far from the surface of the red subgiant. These flares provide interesting insights into the magnetic fields of the stars in this star system, and it's these flares in particular which make UX Ari one of the more interesting binary variable star systems in astronomy research, as well as one of the more unusual star systems close to our own. So that's what astronomers find so interesting about the UX Ari star system. And the location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of UX Ari in the sky is in the Zagros Mountains in Iran. More specifically, the location appears to be a very rural area in Boucher province. A lot of people might associate Iran with general conflicts in the Middle East and may expect me to relate the flaring up of these political tensions and military clashes with the flares from UX Ari. However, I imagine that this location in the middle of the Zagros Mountains is actually relatively calm and quiet, so that analogy isn't going to work. You'll have to come up with some other way to relate the variable star system to this isolated part of the Iranian landscape. The website for this podcast is www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can visit the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, look up additional reference information, and send me random feedback. And I received more listener feedback before recording this episode. John Pitts wrote in to say the following. Hi, George. 
I'm an amateur astronomer living in semi-rural Queensland, Australia. I'm lucky enough to be far out of town to have fairly dark skies, and I just have to walk outside and look up to see something amazing on a clear night. I just discovered your podcast last week, and I'm having fun listening to all of the previous episodes. You've struck a nice balance between information and silliness to make for a very entertaining program. In fact, you've made it into my top three astronomy podcasts. The other two are Space Nuts and Walk About the Galaxy, if you're interested. I love learning about a different object every program, and enjoy estimating what's at the corresponding Earth coordinates before you reveal it. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you for sending that in, John. You make Queensland sound like a nice place for stargazing, and that gives me just a little bit more motivation to try to get to Australia at some point. If anyone else wants to send me feedback, you can either go to the contact page on my podcast's website or visit my podcast's pages on Facebook or on Twitter. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de and the sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening. 